Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Signing 65 podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Schultz. And thank you for joining us for another episode of 10 Minute Truth. I am sitting here on the floor in my life room. We call one of our living rooms the life room because it's where the life happens. I am currently drinking my cup of coffee that's actually instant coffee mixed with reshi mushrooms and lion's mane mushrooms. So don't get me started on that with, of course, the best oat milk creamer ever in the world. It's from Whole Foods. It's called Sone and it is the creamy vanilla one. You're welcome in advance for when you also fall in love with it. You can get it on Amazon. Shoot, I'm just going to link it in the show notes because you're welcome. Um, But I hope you're having a great day. It has been a beautiful day here in good old Omaha, Nebraska. Took my kiddos to the zoo. It almost reached 50. It kind of felt like spring for two seconds. And I am praising God because we are getting a little stir crazy in the Schultz house. And by we, I mean me and also probably my almost five-year-old son. Alas, today we are reading 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 17. And it says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. So my first thoughts on this, I go back to verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Um, I love that Paul, who wrote this letter to the church in Corinth, he says, I appeal to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, saying, hey, remember Jesus who died on the cross for us and resurrected from the grave? Remember him? That I'm, I'm appealing to you in the name of Jesus. Do you remember that guy that we're following, that we've been saved by? I, I'm appealing to you that you would be perfectly united in mind and thought. Then going on to kind of speak to some of the divisions that people were basically choosing different leaders or teachers. So these were great teachers. Paul, Apollos was another teacher, Cephas, and they're basically choosing, creating divisions among themselves because they're claiming these teachers basically. And Paul says back, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Like saying, was I crucified for you? No, Jesus was. So how dare we create divisions among us claiming teachers? And I think, I don't know if you feel this way, but immediately when I read that, I'm like, oh yeah, like I I need to be reminded of that because I can cr- try to create little divisions among believers even of like, oh, you, you got to listen to this teacher. Don't get me wrong. God has gifted teachers and preachers. I mean, of course, he gifted Paul to preach and further the gospel. And Paul's saying, hey, 
don't forget it's Jesus Christ who we're unified under, and that is our goal, to preach Christ crucified, to preach the gospel, not create divisions among us saying, oh, I'm with this teacher or pastor or influence or influencer or church. I agree with them. I'm with them. Oh, you're with them? So I think that that's convicting for me even today. One, just just the call in general that God is longing us as believers to be perfectly united in mind and thought and how often my flesh wants to create divisions, whether that's by denominations or churches or teachers or politics or theology. My my heart is prone to division and the call as believers is to be perfectly united in mind and thought. So that already is just stirring my heart today. But even back to the different teachers, just thinking about, do I place teachers on a pedestal? Oh, this teacher is amazing. You must listen to this teacher. Now, don't get me wrong. I, again, like I said before, I praise God. It, it's, it's, are we doing it healthily or are we placing them on a pedestal? So maybe asking God today, God, are there teachers or maybe my pastor or et cetera, my discipler, do I put them on this pedestal of like, I'm with them type of thing? Or do I genuinely have a healthy gratitude for them saying like praising God for them, but but ultimately being led to Jesus through them, by them? Um, even towards the end when he says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. I think a good question to ask too, based on, you know, Bible teachers you're listening to or people you're following, do you leave listening to them thinking, wow, God is so good, so mighty, so gracious, so powerful. He is in control. Or do I leave thinking this person is so amazing and gifted? Is my heart and mind drawn to them? Are they drawing me into themselves or are they drawing me to the cross you know, and I love that encouragement in verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. What a freeing and sweet reminder that when we share the gospel, it doesn't have to be with wisdom and this crazy speech and it be quote unquote perfect and have eloquence. Lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. I'm reminded of Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 1.16 again, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. Okay, so what maybe you're asking, what is the gospel? I'm not even really sure. I hear that word a lot, but I'm not really sure. I'm going to explain it through something that people call the Romans Road. And it's basically scripture from Romans that lays out the gospel. So starting with Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's you. That's me. Every single person we see, we all have sinned. We have all done things that have rejected God. We have all done things and continue to do things that go against what God's, God wants. We are not innocent by any means. For all have sinned, every single person, and that sin separates us from a holy and perfect God. Because of Adam and Eve, we are born into sin. We are all sinful. Because of that, 
We are separated from a holy and perfect God. There's nothing we could do to get to God. Our good works, God's word tells us, are like filthy rags to God. Even our best works are like filthy rags to God. So nothing we can do. You can't be a good enough person. You can't go to church enough times. You can't give enough or serve enough to make your way back to God. Because of our sin, we're separated from a holy and perfect God. What are the consequences for our sin, which is each of our reality? Romans 6.23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that the beginning of that, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Because of my sin, because of your sin, what we deserve because of that is death, is eternal separation from God. So then Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus's death paid the price for our sins and his resurrection shows us that God received Jesus's death as a payment for our sins. Jesus lived the perfect life, the perfect sinless life that we couldn't live then was the perfect substitute on the cross on our behalf. Jesus took on God's wrath for us. And three days later, he rose from the grave, conquering sin and death. And if we believe in Jesus's life, death, and resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins, God's word says, we will be saved. Romans 10, 9 then says, if, that, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you would simply trust and receive this free gift of grace from God that he sent his only son, that you trust that Jesus's death and resurrection paid the price for your sins. If you receive that gift, repent and believe. God's word tells us over and over again, repent and believe the good news. Turn away, repent, turn away from your sin and believe this good news. Receive this gift today. If you've never received this gift, receive this free gift of salvation, the forgiveness of your sins. For anyone listening, this gift is available for you today to receive and to be reconciled back to the living God. If you, When you receive this gift, you're then reconciled into a right relationship. They call it, you're justified once and for all. You're legally made right before God. You weren't before because of your sin. There was nothing you could do to get to God. But because Jesus paid your penalty, paid your debt for your sins, if you repent of your sin and trust in him, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord over your life, not just Lord in general, but Lord over your life. Now he rules and reigns over your life. So if you confess that with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the grave, you will be saved. And Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How comforting. If you're listening to this today, if you call on the name of the Lord, just call on his name, you will be saved. And then Romans 8, 38 through 39, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When God saves you, there is nothing that can separate you from his love. You are his forever. 
So that is what people call the Romans Road. And there are some other passages from Romans that you can also use in there. I didn't use all of them. Such a helpful tool when sharing the gospel or longing to understand the gospel. So back to the verse before that we read in Romans, verse 116. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So like it says in verse 17, Paul says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. I wonder who is feeling discouraged or feeling like they can't share the gospel because they don't, quote unquote, know enough or aren't equipped enough. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. As we just read in Romans 1.16, the gospel going forth has nothing to do with relaying it perfectly or in this beautiful package. The gospel will go forth because of the power of God, because of the story of the gospel. My study Bible says the persuasive power is in the story, not the storyteller. Uh, As we just have heard multiple times over and over again, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. God is the one that is moving forth through the story of the gospel. We just simply get to be obedient and share this powerful story of a king that came to earth to die on our behalf and then raise from the grave in order to save us from our sins. We get to be obedient and share it. I I think of the first time I ever explicitly shared the gospel with someone. Oh my goodness. I simply fumbled through the entire thing. I remember the person leaving and I remember telling Alex, my husband, yeah, that was that was pitiful. Like, I mean, it. I fumbled through sharing the whole thing and sharing these pieces of scripture. And guess what? By God's grace, since it actually has nothing to do with me and the way I relay it, it has everything to do with the gospel, the story of the gospel and God saving people and bringing people from death to life. God giving people the ears to hear. He saved the person. And I mean, I had never been more encouraged and freed up after experiencing that because I truly came to realize it genuinely has nothing to do with me. Yes, I get to be an obedient servant of Christ and share that. The call was still, I knew God was nudging me to share the gospel, but you guys, it was it was pitiful. It was all over the place. My feeble humanness, it just goes to show it has nothing to do with me and God is the one that is changing hearts and and bringing hearts from death to life through the power of the gospel story. So I wonder if anyone needs to just be freed up today that it's not on us to share it with this power and eloquence lest the cross loses its power like Paul says. So go forth obediently with, you know, maybe you have, I, I had like a little cheat sheet. I liked sharing the bridge diagram. I had a little cheat sheet of all the scripture I was going to go through the first time and like multiple times after. So I can be like, okay, let's see what's next, you know? So don't feel like it has to be perfect or you have to be well-versed. I did practice it multiple times for Alex and our best friend Colin before sharing it with this person the first time. But yeah, be freed up that it's not on us. It's not on our words. God is the one that is going to move the pressures off of us entirely. But yes, we do get to humbly be obedient 
and share the gospel story. Because for some reason, our mighty God decided to use us in his grand plan of redemption in this world. So, wow, how humbling that we get to share this beautiful story and partner with him as he is saving people and drawing people to himself. A couple questions today. First question to ponder and pray about. Do I share about authors, preachers, pastors more than about Jesus? Is my heart unknowingly lifting up a mere human onto a pedestal? Lord, show me. Show me if that's ever true of me. Another little thing to ponder. Ponder and meditate on verse 17 all day. Verse 17, which says, again, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Ponder on that verse today. Write it out on a note card. Carry the note card around with you all day, all week. Ponder that verse and let that verse actually free you up. If you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. The power of God is in you. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave is living inside of you. So we get to walk in confidence that the Spirit is guiding us and helping us and giving us wisdom and giving us words to say and working in us, but also working in other people. It is not our responsibility to save people because we cannot, only God can save people, but it is our responsibility to share the gospel and to be obedient in sharing it with those who have not heard it. So lastly, our call to action this week is to pray about and ask God, who is someone that you can share the gospel with? Who is someone in your life that you can share this gospel message with? And I'm gonna link a YouTube video to the bridge diagram. Literally, I memorized this whole entire YouTube video. Like that's what I did. And I wrote down notes and practiced it and memorized it. And I'll also link a thing to a Romans Road picture. But choose maybe the bridge diagram or Romans Road and memorize it, or there's plenty of other tools or and scripture and verses that you can share to share the gospel. Those are just two that I've found helpful, specifically the bridge diagram, but practice sharing the gospel with a friend, practice it, and then go share it with someone that hasn't heard it. Let's be obedient to Christ and bold in Christ since the spirit is in us, and let's go share the gospel. So the call to action this week and for the rest of our lives, really, let's be asking God, who in my life can I share this powerful gospel message with God and ultimately be praying for them that God would save them, that God's power would move forth through the gospel and that he would bring that person from death to life. It is not on your words or your delivery, but God is the one that is going to bring understanding and change hearts and bring people from death to life. So let's be praying for people's salvation and sharing the gospel with them. Friends, go be bold and love big, and we will see you next time.